Hello, welcome to Second Impressions, the Pride and Prejudice podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Tom. And we're going to go through Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice chapter by chapter. So today we're going to go through chapter 17, but Tom, why don't you give us a quick recap on the previous chapter? Okay, chapter 16, if we recall. So we are at the party at Aunt Phillips's house. Elizabeth runs into one Mr. Wickham, and basically the real heart of that chapter is we learn Wickham's tragic backstory involving Darcy, which if you want more info on that, listen to chapter 16. But I'll uh, just to briefly summarize... Mr. Wickham's father was a favorite of Mr. Darcy's father. Uh, He promised, Mr. Darcy's father promised to give Mr. Wickham a valuable living on his property or to be the clergyman of a church on his property. But when Mr. Darcy died, Mr. Darcy's father died and the living became available. The current Mr. Darcy, the Mr. Darcy from our story, denied Wickham the living. And now he has joined the militia and goes about feeling sorry for himself and bad-mouthing Darcy whenever he gets the chance. But he won't say that. <laughs> he, he says he will never speak ill of a Darcy, but that's that's the deal. Oh, and he doesn't like... There's some sort of story between him and Mr. Darcy's sister, Miss Darcy, but we'll find out more about that. Yes. Okay. Will you tell us about Chapter 17 and then we'll get into it? Yep. So Chapter 17 basically picks up right after Chapter 16, Elizabeth... Um, relays all of this information about Mr. Wickham's um, abuse at the hands of Mr. Darcy to Jane. Um, Jane is a little more hesitant to believe everything. It's not that she disbelieves Wickham. She just can't possibly believe that either Wickham or Darcy could be bad. And so she kind of chalks it up to like, there must have been like a misunderstanding or just like, just some sort of unfortunate, like, you know, event that where like you know just both parties became um became like abused as a result but she doesn't quite believe that Darcy could be so capable of of um abusing Wickham in this way Jane doesn't Jane doesn't uh-huh. right um Elizabeth on the other hand has pretty much fully accepted it she um she thinks you know that everything Wickham says holds water and that there's absolutely like no um no question about what happened between Darcy and Wickham. Um, and then uh, Bingley and his sisters arrive to Longbourn and um, invites them to the long-awaited Netherfield Ball. Uh, of course, the Bennett sisters, the Bennett daughters, are all very excited. It's like the first thing, first big thing to have happened since like the other, the other assembly. So they're all very excited. It's going to happen the following Tuesday. And... Um, you know, in in her excitement and her like general happiness, Elizabeth makes um, the mistake of talking to Collins and asking him if he's going to be at the ball, and he says yes. <laughs> and um, in fact, this is when he takes the opportunity to ask Elizabeth for the first two dances of this ball. Um, you know, much to Elizabeth's chagrin, he she is not happy about this, but she can't refuse him. And um, well, who does Elizabeth want to dance with? Well, Elizabeth wants to dance with Wickham, the hottest ticket in town. Everyone wants to be on Wickham's arm. So, yeah, Elizabeth is unfortunately saddled with Collins for the first two dances at the ball and uh, or will be rather. And um, pretty much just ends with the girls anticipating this ball that's going to come up soon. 
as are we. Yep. Oh, and especially so because it is rainy. Yeah, for the yeah. the next few days between <laughs> this and the ball. There's just nothing to be, you know, once it's raining, you can't do anything. They're in quarantine, basically, <laughs> until <laughs> yeah. until the, the ball. <laughs> Except it's going to end at some point. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's chapter 17 summary. Thank you. That was a great summary. All right. All right. Let's get into it now. All right. Here. So I'll go ahead and start off. This is chapter 17. <laughs> Elizabeth related to Jane the next day. What had passed between Mr. Wickham and herself. This whole story that Mr. Wickham just told her. Yep. And this is only one day after the party at the Aunt Phillips's. <laughs> or at the Phillips's. Yeah. Jane listened with astonishment and concern. She knew not how to believe that Mr. Darcy could be so unworthy of Mr. Bingley's regard. So mm, Her first thought goes to Bingley. It's uh, like, oh God, how can, how can he, how can Mr. Bingley have such a friend like this? Or like, how can Mr. Bingley... Or, like, she's just concerned that Mr. Bingley has maybe um, trusted the wrong man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but it keeps you, for us, the reader, it's important to note that that is, that's where Jane's mind goes first, is mm -hmm. how could Mr. Bingley have regard for such a, I don't know, contemptible person as Wickham makes Darcy out to be? Yeah, or rather just, like, like, how could Darcy be so unworthy of Bingley? Just, like, how could it be that it's not that mr it's not it's like i mean it's not that bingley chose to be friends with such a bad person it's that like oh god like bingley bingley's friend is actually evil yeah yeah well jane would never first of all jane never assumes the worst of anyone right, but right, especially right. not bingley so yeah. she wouldn't assume bingley is like somehow in on this with darcy it would right. be like darcy imposed on bingley his <laughs> evil character mm -hmm. but okay so she listened with astonishment and concern she knew not how to believe that Mr. Darcy could be so unworthy of Mr. Bingley's regard. And yet, it was not in her nature to question the veracity of a young man of such amiable appearance as Wickham. Oh, gosh. So once again, just everyone just... It's just Wickham is just so gosh darn handsome mm. that there's absolutely no way that he could be lying about anything he's exactly just so good looking well it's also important to note elizabeth is not the only one who he's imposing on with his good looks and charm <laughs> even jane is like oh he's so good looking how could he possibly be lying about this yeah uh, yeah so this gives us a little give a little elizabeth a little bit more credit here i guess <laughs> the possibility of his having really endured such unkindness of wickham having really endured such unkindness was enough to interest all her tender feelings. Aww. And nothing, therefore, remained to be done but to think well of them both, <laughs> of both Wickham and Darcy, to defend the conduct of each, and throw into the account of accident or mistake whatever could not be otherwise <laughs> explained. So so what is she saying there? Well, it's just like... It's just, you know, she can't possibly... I mean, she feels... She really feels for, for Wickham to have mm -hmm. suffered. But she also just can't believe that Dar Darcy could be so evil. So these two sort of like conflicting, conflicting pieces of information, she's just like, well, there has to have, there must have been some miscommunication or mistake or misunderstanding that now has led to these two not liking each other and for like Wickham to have this opinion of Darcy and for Darcy to maybe have an opinion of Wickham, like she really wants i mean she she not not only wants to believe but she really does believe that there just must have been some some misunderstanding uh -huh. she doesn't like to think ill of anyone yeah. so she's just like this there must be a misunderstanding anything that i can explain must just be some sort of mistake or accident between them right, right? so uh -huh. even jane does not have a an alternative an alternate um like conclusion like even elizabeth like she can't really um explain away elizabeth's uh, opinion 
but she doesn't want to quite she just doesn't want to believe that that's the only reason that that Wickham could have um have such a low opinion of Darcy and and I guess vice versa. Yeah, right. The reason for this breach, according to Jane, must be there must have been some sort of accident, some sort of mistake, right? Yeah, something and got lost I, in translation. I'm sure they're both good people deep down. That's basically what she's saying. Yeah. But will you read will you read what Jane's dialogue is here? Okay. They have both, said she, said Jane, been deceived, I dare say, in some way or other, of which we can form no idea. Interested people have perhaps misrepresented each to the other. Okay, let's pause here. Let me just explain yeah. a little bit. So at that time, interested people, that's that's a bad thing to call someone. If you're interested, that means you are trying to exploit someone. You're trying yeah. to, you have procured a relationship for the purposes of getting something from that person, mm -hmm. especially money. So, oh, is that where interest comes from? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but but this is what that means. If you're an interested person at that time, you are someone who's just trying to exploit a, a situation. Yeah. So she's and, basically saying, like, exploitative people may have uh -huh. perhaps misrepresented each of the other. People with, like, their own ulterior motives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Might have, like, tried to, like, stir the pot. And then on the flip side, if you ever see disinterested in Jane Austen, that means that's a good person. That means <laughs> they are not acting out of ulterior motives. They are friends for the sake of being friends. Uh, yeah, exactly. So she's saying interested people have misrepresented Darcy and Wickham to each other. Yeah. Um, it is, in short, impossible for us to conjecture the causes or circumstances which may have alienated them without actual blame on either side. So... I mean, it seems like Jane is puncturing holes in her own argument. Here. Yeah, She's yeah. like, I can't defend either of them both, so there must have been. It's just impossible for us to explain. Yeah, she's not offering a solution here. She's just saying, like, there, there are holes to there. There's some, there are inconsistencies. There, there, or there could be inconsistencies. Yeah, it's impossible for us to conjecture the causes or circumstances. We can't like come up with what could have happened to cause this breach without blaming, without assigning blame to one of the parties. So I'm not going to. Yeah, she doesn't want to she doesn't want to badmouth anyone. So she and she's saying like it's impossible for us to um figure out what happened without blaming it on someone. So she's not gonna think about uh -huh, it. Uh-huh, exactly. And spoiler alert, someone is to blame here. <laughs> she is actually true in this. You can't explain the circumstances of this breach without laying blame on someone. Right. The 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 difference I guess or the thing where Jane kind of um, fails to accept is that there is blame. But she, and she even says, there has to be, like, for there to be a solution, there must be blame. Uh, but I don't want to blame anyone. <laughs> so I'm just going to not say what. <laughs> Let's just not, like, think about it anymore, basically. Yeah. So here, I'll read what Elizabeth says to that. Okay. Very true indeed. And now, my dear Jane, what have you got to say in behalf of the interested people who have probably been concerned in this business? Do clear them, too, or we shall be obliged to think ill of somebody. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is getting a little fed up. I she think. is being sarcastic here. She, Don't, is being, yeah. she is being sarcastic. She loves her sister, but she is, I, I think here, a little bit... Uh, a little bit disappointed in Jane's reaction. Uh-huh. Well, whose side is Elizabeth on? Elizabeth is pro-Wickham. Elizabeth believes Wickham's story 100% yeah. and thinks terribly of Darcy. Yeah. And so she is not really happy to hear, let's just not assign blame from Jane. That's not the response she wanted to get. <laughs> so she's like, Jane, you know, if you can defend both Wickham and Darcy, then what have you got to say about the exploitative people that you think caused this breach? Like, <laughs> how can we defend them? You yeah, know? yeah. Do you clear let them too? Or like... You know, if you <laughs> do we clear them too, or shall we be obliged to think ill of somebody? 
So it's just like, Elizabeth knows Jane so desperately doesn't want to blame anyone that she's teasing her like, oh, I guess you don't want to even blame the interested people, the exploitative people too, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what does Jane okay. say to this? Laugh as much as you choose, but you will not laugh me out of my opinion. Smart. Yeah. My dearest Lizzie, do but consider in what disgraceful light it places Mr. Darcy to be treating his father's favorite in such a manner. One whom his father had promised to provide for. It is impossible. No man of common humanity, no man who had any value for his character could be capable of it. Can his most intimate friends be so excessively deceived in him? Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. So... Yeah, Jane is, you know, to Jane's credit, she's standing her ground here. Mm -hmm. She's saying, like, like, look, you can mock me all you want, but you're not going to get me to, like, budge on the, what I said before, which is just that we don't have all the information. (laughs) Yeah, and this is also a good argument. Like, Darcy would really be acting despicably if everything Wickham said is true. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be, Darcy would almost be, like, exposing himself to censure if he really acted in this way. Yeah, to be so spiteful. (laughs) Uh... And to and, be so, and to have like just basically disrespect his dead father's um, honor and do the opposite of what his dead father wanted. That's just like, you know, that's a big ask of anyone, let alone someone that they kind of know, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, her mind never strays too far from Bingley. Mm. Can his most intimate friends be excessively deceived in him? Meaning Bingley. Can Bingley yeah. be so ex- <laughs> deceived by Darcy's character? She says no. Okay, yeah, this is what Elizabeth says. Mm-hmm. I can much more easily believe Mr. Bingley's being imposed on, like, that Darcy is tricking Mr. Bingley, than that Mr. Wickham should invent such a history of himself as he gave me last night. Names, facts, everything mentioned without ceremony. If it be not so, let Mr. Darcy contradict it. Besides, there was truth in his looks. Ugh, so now both Jane and Elizabeth are like, he's just so handsome, there's no way he can be lying. That's true. But let's let's separate this. Let's yeah, take yeah, this let's last break... sentence out for a second. Yeah, let's, I think let's it's read some... it's fair to say that if we, you know, us in real life were to meet someone who tell like told you a very like terrible and tragic story about themselves, uh-huh. it would be pretty impolite to think they're lying especially if you don't know that person too well yeah even uh-huh. factoring out the fact that no one likes darcy if 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 someone came up to you to tell you how he was so wronged by another person it you don't you don't you don't be like well what about la 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 it's like you you believe them yeah you should be inclined and she's like I mean, it's kind of fair that he was like, he has all these dates, all these names, all these facts at his disposal. Are you telling me that he just invented all of them? Yeah, right. He has receipts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But also, uh-huh. like, if you want to, I mean, you can reread the last chapter and actually see what Wickham is saying here. But, you know, to poke holes in what Wickham is saying, like, you know, it's entirely possible he was telling the truth. But he was, if you remember, being kind of vague about what he himself did that caused Darcy to... Um, to, like, basically, uh, like, um, shun him. He was just like, oh, every, like, Darcy would have come up with anything to, like, make sure I didn't get the, the living. So, he, he's painting Darcy in this really bad light, and then when it comes, when it's time to talk about what Wickham himself might have done, he's just like, like, whatever, it doesn't even matter. He would have done, he, Darcy would have said anything to make sure I didn't get the living. Yes, Darcy, according to Wickham, which is true, Darcy accuses him of extravagance and imprudence, and yeah. that's why he doesn't get the living. Right. But Wickham, 
says anything or nothing. That's how he refers to this. So he thinks like these were just like silly excuses that Darcy came up with (laughs) because he hates me because his father loved me more than him. Yeah. In his Uh, huge diatribe against Darcy, he kind of just like throws his own misdemeanors in there as like an afterthought. (laughs) But this is kind of a fair point from Elizabeth. How could he have just like come up with this crazy story? Like, am I really supposed to believe that he is lying about all of this? And plus... He's a handsome guy. Like, I don't want to distrust him. He looks good. I also want to bring up where she says, if it be not so, if what Wickham is saying isn't true, let Mr. Darcy contradict it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Mr. Darcy, Darcy does not know that Wickham's going around town bad-mouthing him right now. It's like Elizabeth is being a little... Um, a little, like, stubborn here. Uh She's like, well, it's not true. Then Mr. Darcy can come out and say it's not true. But it's like, A, Mr. Darcy doesn't know Wickham is saying all of this stuff about him. And B... It would be totally improper for him to just walk, go around doing, you know, like correcting what Dar- what Wickham is saying. Dar- Darcy it, wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Uh-huh. Darcy's not going to like go around telling people how other people wronged him. That's not the kind of person Darcy is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. That is the kind of... <laughs> Wickham's a whiner, really. <laughs> and possibly a liar. Yeah, and well, very handsome. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, that really helps. Yeah. Uh, okay, but what does Elizabeth say to this? I mean, I'm sorry. So Elizabeth says, I, like, Wickham had all these names and facts, and he's so good-looking, I can't possibly disbelieve him. And what does Jane say? Uh, Jane goes, It is difficult indeed. It is distressing. One does not know what to think. I beg your pardon, Elizabeth said. One knows exactly what to think. <laughs> Which is, so. Wickham's totally right, Darcy's <laughs> totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Jane still, Jane doesn't want to just dive into Team Wickham's side. Mm-hmm. But Elizabeth is, like, the head of the Wickham fan club right now. <laughs> and I think, like, it's Or, very... like, the I hate Darcy club, rather. <laughs> Elizabeth doesn't look very good compared to Jane, in this yes, scene. correct. Jane is actually, even though she's like, this is kind of frustrating. I can even see, like, knowing the full context, I'd still be frustrated having this conversation with Jane. Yeah. But Elizabeth is letting her passions take her, let her carry, get carried yeah. away by her passions a little bit here. Even to modern audiences, I think, who, like, like having headstrong, like, passionate characters. Like, they can, I think you can even make, you can even tell in this chapter that, Jane being the more um, hesitant and more like reserved one is is looking better now in this light compared to like the really passionate and really like almost like angry Elizabeth. Yeah, that's true. But we like Elizabeth's warm feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's part of who her, she is. Her uh-huh. warm feelings. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. okay. So, but Jane could think with certainty on only one point mm. that Mr. Bingley. If he had been imposed on, if he had been, like, mistaken in what Mm -hmm. Mr. Darcy's character was, would have much to suffer when the affair became public. So Mm. Jane's thoughts were all with Bingley. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, if this does, if this is true, and this story gets out there, Bingley is going to be really distressed to hear that his friend did these things. Yeah, and that's a really nice thing to consider, because, like, keep in mind, like, this, it's also a good way to show what's going on in Jane's mind. It's like, Jane's very shy, and she's very reserved and very proper um but she still ultimately cares a great deal for bingley like here she is like when she you know when she's hearing all this stuff about darcy the first thing she thinks about is oh god but like but like bingley is his friend and now he's probably also going to be deceived by darcy Uh, so it's like jane is a very jane i think has really strong feelings for bingley even if she doesn't quite express them this is great like 
for this for these few chapters, Austin has now set Darcy up as the villain, kind of. Mm. Like, Darcy is going around, like, wronging people, cheating people out of their rightfully <laughs> deserved livings, and, like, imposing on good men, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the two young ladies were summoned from the shrubbery, where this conversation passed, by the arrival of some of the very persons of whom they had been speaking. By some of the very persons of whom they had been speaking. Convenient. <laughs> Mr. Bingley and his sisters came to give their personal invitation for the long-expected ball at Netherfield, which was fixed for the following Tuesday. So this conversation has all been happening in the shrubbery, mm-hmm. like a garden on their property. Yep. And then a servant probably comes out and is like, Miss Bennetts, please come inside because mm-hmm. there's someone here. And it's Mr. Bingley and his sisters, and they're there to invite them to the long-awaited ball at Netherfield. Yep. The two ladies were delighted to see their dear friend again, the Miss Bingleys. Oh, dear friend, singular, I think, is referring to Bingley. I'm, Bingley. I'm sorry. Yeah, the two ladies are the Mrs. Oh, sorry, Miss sorry. Bingley and Mrs. Hurst. Those oh, are the two oh, ladies. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, they were yeah. delighted to see their friend again, which is Jane. Dear friend, singular, not uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, just Jane. That's <laughs> all they're delighted to see. The yep. two ladies were delighted to see their fr- dear friend again, called it an age since they had met. Not true. And repeatedly asked what she had been doing with herself since their separation. So... It's been an age. It's been like what four or five days, maybe. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> yeah, uh, after which they were just like so eager to kick Jane and Elizabeth out of their house, and now they're like, "Oh my God, it's been so long. We have to catch up." They like they can tolerate Jane, and I think it's because she's kind of a pushover. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jane's a good passive friend to just like bounce ideas off of elizabeth is way too opinionated and also they can't they still can't get over the the dirty petticoat that she showed up with at netherfield yeah to the rest of the family miss bingley and mrs hurst paid little attention avoiding mrs bennett as much as possible hmm. saying not much to elizabeth and nothing at all to the others they were soon gone again, rising from their seats with an activity which took their brother by surprise. So they, Mr. Bingley's sisters are ready to go way sooner than Mr. Bingley is. <laughs> and hurrying off as if eager to escape from Mrs. Bennett's civilities. That's probably true. Civilities is also a little sarcastic there. They yeah. just don't want to talk to Mrs. B- uh, Mrs. Bennett. I think that as if is also a little bit sarcastic there. It's like as if eager to escape. It's like, uh, yeah, definitely the, the reason that they want to go is because they want to escape Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> uh, the prospect of the Netherfield ball was extremely agreeable to every female of the family. Of course, Mr. Bennett. Couldn't care could, less. Yeah, does not care at all. <laughs> he doesn't have to. Well, I can't remember if he does go, but like he doesn't like leaving his library, let yeah, alone attend, yeah, he doesn't attend care a ball. About balls. Mrs. Bennett chose to consider it as given in compliment to her eldest daughter. So Mrs. Bennett <laughs> chooses to believe that this whole ball was given just for Jane, basically, as a compliment to Jane. Mm. Uh, that that chose is very important. She doesn't just consider that it was given as a compliment to Jane. In her mind, she makes the active decision that this ball, I'm going to think of this ball <laughs> as a compliment to Jane. Yeah, Mrs. Bennett, I think, is like a powerhouse in that way, is that like she thinks that she has the ability to will things to happen. Uh-huh. And so if she chooses to, if she if she thinks that this ball was given for Jane, then it is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that book, The Secret, is, is affirmative thinking what it's oh, called. Is if, that if, what it is? If I just think something into reality, it will be. So Mrs. Bennett's like, if I just consider this ball as given for jane then that's what it will be yeah and you know what you know it's not untrue it's not untrue like remember like mr bingley 
was waiting until Jane was better to give this ball. Yes. And if Jane wasn't here, do you think Mr. Bingley would have given this ball? I don't think no, so. I don't think so. So it's kind of true. But Mr. Bingley's not going to say it because it's kind of like improper. And also <laughs> a little rude to everyone else in the neighborhood. But yeah. Mrs. Bennett has no scruples about saying, this is for Jane. Yeah. This no. is because that match is going to happen. Mrs. Bennett would be delighted if Bingley uh, shouted it from the rooftops that this ball was in honor of Jane. <laughs> what, what was it? Her eyes sparkled when she thought oh, yeah. a rich man when Mr. Bingley was coming over for dinner. <laughs> so... Yeah, Mrs. Bennett chose to consider it as giving a compliment to her eldest daughter, Jane, mm -hmm. and was particularly flattered by receiving the invitation from Mr. Bingley himself instead of a ceremonious card. Mm. It is true. That's that's a nice that's a nice gesture on Mr. Bingley's part. And yeah, it also yeah. seems to imply like more attachment than if he just sent a card. Right. So there is there is Mrs. Bennett's like concrete evidence, you know, that Bingley prefers Jane here, is that he came over to, you know, he hand delivered the card. Yeah, it's true, but Mrs. Bennett doesn't need to go around saying this. You know, she yeah. just like is very crash. She has to put into words everything that is going on <laughs> under the surface. Right. There's no nuance with Mrs. Bennett. Jane pictured to herself a happy evening in the society of her two friends and the attentions of their brother. Hmm. That's the Bingley sisters and Mr. Bingley especially. Yes. Elizabeth thought with pleasure of dancing a great deal with Mr. Wickham mm. and of seeing a confirmation of everything in Mr. Darcy's looks and behavior. So here I think Elizabeth is a little, being a little more, she's, she's giving in to her, um, uh, worser, uh, -huh. uh demons here, worser, worser angels, <laughs> like, it's a little spiteful. I think it's a little spiteful here that she wants to see Darcy squirm a little bit in the presence of Wickham. Uh-huh. This reminds me a little bit of, I think it was in the last chapter where she delights in thinking of how futile Miss Bingley's efforts oh. have been to Darcy. This yeah. is like, uh, not only, Elizabeth is like, not only going to dance with Wickham at this ball, but I'm going to get to see Darcy squirm a little bit, which is going to be fun for me. So I'm going to get to dance with the man I like and see the man I don't like upset. So... <laughs> That's why Elizabeth is looking forward to this ball. Yeah. In addition to dancing with the most handsome man in town right now. The happiness anticipated by Catherine and Lydia depended less on any single event or any particular person. For though they each, like Elizabeth, meant to dance half the evening with Mr. Wickham, he was by no means the only partner who could satisfy them. And a ball was at any rate a ball. Mm. Let's do the math here a little bit. How can Wickham dance half the evening with Elizabeth, Lydia, and Catherine? Um, I don't know. I guess they'd have to share him for one dance. For I guess a few so. Dances. Or I think Wickham is just going to be dancing so much yeah. that he's going to have several halves yeah. of the evening to on, give around. Just on his feet the whole evening. Well, this gives you an idea. Wickham is truly the the most handsome he's the hot shot right yeah. now in town yeah. but that being said that's not enough to satisfy Catherine and lydia they got to dance with a lot of guys mm. and this also shows you elizabeth is not just officer boy crazy she's just not she's not looking forward to just dancing with anyone she actually is attached to wickham mm. yeah unlike Catherine and lydia who could be attached to anyone probably well, they don't want to be attached to one man here. They want to be, they want to dance with everyone. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, it's not just one man that can satisfy them. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, and even Mary could assure her family that she had no disinclination, disinclination for it, for a ball. <laughs> what does Mary say? Um, well, I appreciate here that says, could assure her family mm -hmm. as if it's like. <laughs> They're all hanging on the edge of their seat. <laughs> right? Waiting for Mary's um, reaction to this ball. She goes. Well, I can have my mornings to myself, said she. It is enough. I think it no sacrifice to join occasionally in evening engagements. 
Society has claims on us all, and I profess myself one of those who consider intervals of recreation and amusement as desirable for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, once again, just being like blander than water here. <laughs> just... Well, yeah, every situation Mary takes as an excuse to start philosophizing on like the human condition, basically, yeah. which is an incredibly annoying trait. <laughs> I don't think anyone would like that in a person that they knew in real life. Yeah, I get the feeling like that, like with all of the conversations involving Mary, no one really asked for her opinion on this. And yet she she has to assure the family that like, you know, balls are just a part of life and society is a part of life. So of course, you know, everybody can enjoy a ball. So, but she doesn't even say, I'll enjoy the ball. She just says, you know, I profess myself one of those who consider um, intervals of recreation and amusement as desirable for everybody. Uh, Not for myself, yeah, for, everybody. for everybody. Yeah, well, society has claims on us all. <laughs> and it's important she, as long as she can have the mornings to herself so she can do her very important work, <laughs> which is copying down quotes from books she reads, then then she can maybe give up an evening or two to for recreation because, you know, it's important for everybody. Yeah, I think it was here that you were, like, trying to figure out just how old Mary is because she's the middle daughter. uh, She's the middle child here. Lydia's 15. Mm -hmm. Catherine is older, so she's probably 16. And Elizabeth Elizabeth is like, well, we'll find out later, but she's 20. Uh I don't think that's a spoiler. She's 20. Yeah. So that would make Mary like between 17 and 19. I'm going to go with 18 here. I like to think of her as younger because it's funny. Just like this teenage girl is <laughs> taking every opportunity to philosophize on things. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's still a thing. I, I guess think. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Teenagers who uh, think they're like the next freaking like Socrates. <laughs> like if you were to ask Mary to go to a movie, she'd like talk about the philosophy of seeing <laughs> movies and whether it's healthy for the human <laughs> mind in general. <laughs> Okay. Um, but Mary doesn't matter. This is, <laughs> she's just there to like make fun of a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's kind of here to show like, don't forget, there's multiple types of women that we can make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Elizabeth's spirits were so high on the occasion that though she did not often speak unnecessarily to Mr. Collins, she could not help asking him whether he intended to accept Mr. Bingley's invitation. And if he did, whether he would think it proper to join in the evening's amusement. So I think here she's channeling Mr. Bennett here because, you know, Mr. Bennett kind of likes to get people going a little bit uh, just to make just to watch them make fools of themselves. Yeah. So Elizabeth is kind of doing the same here. Same thing here. She wants to watch Mr. Collins be a fool. That's a great reading. Yeah. Yeah. So she's feeling she's so excited to dance with Mr. Wickham and see Darcy squirm that she even talks to Mr. Collins, which she has been <laughs> trying to limit as much as possible while yeah. he's been there. Mm. And she asks him whether he thinks it's proper to join in evening's amusement. Right. Because he's um he's a clergyman. He's a clergyman. You should yeah. be you're supposed to be like reserved and, you know, um, exemplifying the kind of uh so, so, sobriety of like being a, a member of the church of being a church leader uh-huh. and so elizabeth is fully expecting him to say no to say that it's highly improper to say like whatever well know? i don't know she already knows that he enjoys an evening's amusement oh, okay. <laughs> he went to mrs phillips party that's right uh, that's right okay so yeah maybe i she's think she just... knows that what you said he's gonna say something foolish here mm-hmm. like whether he thinks it's proper or not yeah and she was surprised to find that he entertained no scruple whatever on that head and was very far from dreading a rebuke from either the archbishop or lady catherine de Bourgh by venturing to dance <laughs> 
So he's like, it's not improper at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And not only is that, but I am going to dance. I don't think the Archbishop or Lady Catherine would have any problem if I danced. Yes, because in his mind, the Archbishop and Lady Catherine are equals. Yes, exactly. Uh -huh. And somehow, I don't know, word might get out, but he's not worried <laughs> about it. I am by no means of opinion, I assure you, said he, said Mr. Collins, that a ball of this kind, given by a young man of character, to respectable people, can have any evil tendency. <laughs> and I am so far from objecting to dancing myself, that I shall hope to be honored with the hands of all my fair cousins in the course of the evening. And I take this opportunity of soliciting yours, Miss Elizabeth, for the first two dances especially. A preference which, I trust my cousin Jane, will attribute to the right cause and not to any disrespect for her. Mm. So, uh -uh. so here Elizabeth uh, makes a big mistake in deciding to chat up Mr. Collins. <laughs> All she asked him is, are you going to go to the ball? Mm -hmm. And this is what happens is, let me dance with you for the first two <laughs> dances. And what he's saying here, I hope Jane, he's like, Jane, I hope you're not going to be offended by my asking Elizabeth to dance first, just because it would be... You know, according to propriety, he should ask the eldest daughter first. Right. But he already thinks that she is connected to Bingley because of what Mrs. Bennet said to him. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Elizabeth felt herself completely taken in. <laughs> Not in a good way. Yeah. Uh -huh. She had fully proposed being engaged by... Wait. She had fully proposed being engaged by Wickham for those very dances. Just meaning she had been imagining she yeah. was going to dance with Wickham yeah, yeah. for the first two. And to have Mr. Collins instead. Ugh. The complete opposite. Uh, yeah. Ugh. It's sort of like pining after, like at a school dance, you're just waiting for like the, the, the high school jock to ask you to dance. And then boom, boom, like the 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 acne and like infected nerd comes on, comes around. It's like, hey, you want to dance? Uh, yeah. She was imagining dancing with the most handsome, charming man for the first two dances. But instead she is dancing with Mr. Collins, <laughs> who is the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Do you think this is like a punishment for elizabeth yeah maybe a little bit honestly <laughs> no well i don't know i think well maybe here ultimately colin's attachment to her will be a test of elizabeth's fortitude yes but... okay her liveliness had been never worse timed <laughs> meaning like him her asking him the question in the first place yeah uh... yeah um there was no help for it however mr wickham's happiness and her own was perforce delayed a little longer and Mr. Collins' proposal accepted with as good a grace as she could. So why do you think she accepts Mr. Collins' proposal, even though it's hateful to her, the very idea? <laughs> it's just proper. You can't you can't refuse to dance with someone and then go dance with someone else. It's just, it's not good to show favoritism. Yeah, especially to the cousin who could possibly turn you out yeah, of your exactly. house one day. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't really have much of a choice no, here. She, she can't, can't... Be, like, step aside nerd <laughs> and go dance with Wickham. Uh, that's not going to make anyone happy. Yeah. Um, she was not the better pleased with his gallantry. From the idea it suggested of something more. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it now first struck her that she was selected from among her sisters as worthy of being the mistress of Hunsford Parsonage. That's that's where Collins, Collins lives, lives yeah. yeah. And of assisting to form a quadrille table at Rosings in the absence of more eligible visitors. <laughs> so what's Elizabeth, what, what has she now realized? So <laughs> Mr. Collins asks her to dance for the first two dances. Mm -hmm. She accepts. Mm -hmm. And now from his gallantry about this, from the way Mr. Collins is acting, it suddenly occurs to Elizabeth that he is planning to propose to her. 
And I, I appreciate that, like, she, this realization, this, like, light bulb in her head comes in the form of, like, these, like, horrific flash forwards to, uh, like, being stuck, like, um, not being stuck with him at his house, being stuck playing quadrille with Lady Catherine, um, just because Lady Catherine didn't have any more better people to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. She, you mentioned this before we recorded, but, like, this is a... Like, she sees this in her mind's eye, this horrible future of her as, like, <laughs> mistress of Hunsford Parsonage, <laughs> as, Mr. Col- as Mrs. Collins, mm-hmm. like, having to go play uh, cards with Lady Catherine when she can't find anyone else to. Yeah, I do love how specific it is of assisting to form a quadrille table. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, God, I'm going to be chained to this quadrille table. <laughs> in the absence of more eligible visitors. Mm-hmm. And so she sees... She knows how Lady Catherine treats Collins. Not only could she tell from the way from Mr. Collins' stories, but Mr. Wickham has confirmed to her that Lady Catherine is not a great person. Right, yeah. The idea soon reached a conviction, as she observed his increasing civilities toward herself and heard his frequent attempt at a compliment on her wit and vivacity. Yikes. Ah, shit. So So now, uh like, now afterwards, now he's, like, being super, like, weirdly gentlemanly, Mm. like, talking her up, paying her one of his, you know... Uh, like, what, a trademark Collins compliments? Yes, yes. So when he says the idea soon reached a conviction, meaning, like, this is the idea she has, then as she observes Colin more, she's like, uh-oh, he's definitely going to propose to me. Yeah. Like, I know for sure now. All of these uh, other hints, all of these other, like, clues that is all pointing to the fact that he's going to propose to her. And I love, this is great phrasing, much like how Mrs. Bennett chooses to think this ball is given for Jane. His, his frequent attempt at a compliment on her wit and vivacity. So... <laughs> <laughs> he is an attempt to compliment. It's not a real compliment because Elizabeth knows it's completely hollow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and though more astonished than gratified herself by this effect of her charms, it was not long before her mother gave her to understand that the probability of their marriage was exceedingly agreeable to her. So now it's like, now it's like, so... You know, Collins is asking her to dance. She has to say yes. Now Collins is paying all of these, like, dumb, empty compliments to her, to Mm -hmm. her wit. Yes. Um, I mean, he knows what's worth complimenting in Elizabeth. But (laughs) how could you ever take a Collins compliment seriously after he already admits that he just comes up with them before time, beforehand? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's like a bad lips of compliments. Yeah. (laughs) You have a really great wit. (laughs) Um, and then yeah i like this and now it's like oh shit now even her mom is dropping hints that it's like hey you know if if collins were to propose to you you should like very very heartily say yes and remember this is great for mrs bennett this match because then all of a sudden the state stays in the family yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, uh, then her daughter would be um would be the mistress of their own home of, of Longbourn. Longbourn. Yeah, because uh, Mr. Collins is going to inherit it when mm-hmm. Mr. Bennett dies. But I like this. So she's more astonished than gratified <laughs> by this effect of her charms. So, like, the fact that she has attached Collins somehow through her charms is more surprising to her than makes her feel flattered. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like, in general, Collins is not really affected by anything. But it is all. it is very surprising to Elizabeth that, like, 
oh shit, he, he, he's taken notice uh, of my of my personality. Of my wit and vivacity. Yeah, yeah, and also remember, Mr. Collins shows up here with the intention of proposing to one of them. Yes. So he's, it's not like this is like a grand gesture of romance, really. Right. It's not like he was fallen in love with her against his better will. He showed up <laughs> with the intention of proposing to one of them. And Elizabeth's yeah. like, oh, that, she works just as well as Jane if Jane's unavailable. Right, this right. Is, this was Collins' process. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was not long before her mother gave her to understand that the gave Elizabeth to understand that the probability of her marriage to Collins was exceedingly agreeable to her, meaning Mrs. Bennet. Yeah. Like I like this match. Yeah. Elizabeth, however, did not choose to take the hint, being well aware that a serious dispute must be the consequence of any reply. So she's just like, nope, not gonna respond to that. <laughs> um kind of in the same way that like Mrs. Bennett chose to believe that the ball was held in Jane's honor it's sort of like elizabeth right now is just like choosing to not take the hint it's like maybe if i don't think it's true it won't happen uh, we do this i feel like humans do this all the time yeah but uh austin's one of the few writers who actually describes this like sensation of being like well i know the truth but for my own sanity i'm just gonna believe this other truth yeah exactly for my own like mental well-being uh, <laughs> um and she also knows that if she were to like challenge mrs bennett right now then that's gonna lead to an argument yeah she's like i'm not gonna fight with my uh-huh. mom today Mr. Collins might never make the offer. Until he did, it was useless to quarrel about him. So there. That's fair. Yeah. Like, maybe he won't propose after all, so why even get into it right now? Mm-hmm. Here, I'll read this last paragraph. Okay. That's good for you. Yeah. Okay. If there had been, if there had not been a ball at Netherfield, oh, let me start again. Sorry about that. If there had not been a Netherfield ball to prepare for and talk of, <laughs> the younger Miss Bennetts would have been in a pitiable state at this time. For from the day of the invitation... To the day of the ball, there was such a succession of rain as prevented their walking to Meryton once. So between now and the ball, it rains every day and they can't go into Meryton. Yeah. No aunt, no officers, no news could be sought after. The very shoe roses for Netherfield were got by proxy. What are shoe roses? So shoe roses are just like ribbons, um, kind of like, you know, um, knotted in the form of rose that was attached to the top of your shoe, like a an adornment. So just like a decoration for your shoe. But yeah. it rained all these days so that they couldn't, the younger Miss Bennets couldn't even go into town to get their own shoe roses. They had to be gotten by proxy, yeah. meaning probably a servant got them for them right. or something. The or very like it was rose, delivered. Yeah. The very roses that they were going to get for this very ball. <laughs> were got by proxy. They couldn't even go into the store and pick them out. <laughs> Cursed rain. First world problems. <laughs> even Elizabeth might have found some trial of her patience in weather which totally suspended the improvement of her acquaintance with Mr. Wickham. Mm. So even Elizabeth's disappointed that she can't go into town to talk to Mr. Wickham a little more. Yeah. And nothing less than a dance on Tuesday could have made such a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday endurable to Kitty and Lydia. (laughs) So that's it. Yep. Yeah, so they the only reason they could get through these rainy days is because they have the ball to look forward to. Mm -hmm. I appreciate here also, like... um, what Jane Austen does in like she wastes no time here it's sort of like and you know between now and the ball there's nothing exciting going on so we're just gonna fast forward Friday Saturday Sunday and Monday we have been talking about this ball for a long time now it's finally coming together yeah Uh, so now yeah now things are things are coming to a head yeah let's, let's just think about all the the plates that are spinning right now so Elizabeth is attached to Wickham Mm -hmm. Wickham and Darcy have this feud Mm -hmm. Jane is attached to Bingley. And vice versa. Uh-huh, and vice versa. 
Mr. Collins is going to propose to Elizabeth. Yes. And he's already claimed these first two dances. Yes. And I guess Kitty and Lit Kitty. Kitty, I like that. Kitty Much and... like Dingley. <laughs> Kitty and Lydia are gonna be as wild as ever making fools of themselves yeah, and yeah, by extension uh, the family yeah exactly even mary's gonna join and we can only imagine what's gonna happen then and mrs bennett is very excited we can imagine oh, yeah. mrs bennett is i don't know what's this expression like called? she's like rubbing her rubbing hands her together hands, like uh -oh, uh -oh, i've got two possible matches on the horizon <laughs> i'm feeling pretty good about myself yeah i mean at this point mrs bennett to her it's like netherfield park is all but jane's already oh she is this is a attachment that has been made in her head <laughs> the one she chose to believe uh, exactly <laughs> um yeah i so... think that's that about does it for chapter 17 yeah any, any parting parting thoughts um i don't know i guess you know a little i i want to say a little a little uh next dawn to pride and prejudice chapter 18 is gonna be the ball so don't worry there's no more waiting around. It's finally here in the next chapter. So yes, tune in for that ball. Yeah. Well, let's see. We'll see what uh, happens between Darcy and Wickham. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. No spoilers. We'll see. Uh, and then we'll see what happens between <laughs> Elizabeth and Collins. Elizabeth and Collins. Yeah. Um, and maybe some other things. I love how Collins is. He is probably the most like unattractive character to show up in like <laughs> such a romantic book, you know. And I love how like he just drains the scene of of like romance and like yeah. excitement kind of he he sucks all of the like um sexual tension out of a room i think uh, yeah i think that's fair to say <laughs> yeah um yeah so i guess we should oh yeah well um if you have any questions or comments yes, or as always anything uh, else that you want to discuss about what we've read so us. far yeah, yeah please email us at um, second impressions pod at gmail.com. Absolutely. And just to reiterate our contest from last time, <laughs> if this, if Pride and Prejudice were about Jane and Bingley, yeah. what would be the two word alliterative title? Yes. Like Pride and Prejudice. Yes. For more info, listen to the last installment, to the last <laughs> chapter's episode. But, uh, well, we'll see you in chapter 18 then. Sound good? Yep. We'll All see right. you at the Netherfield Ball. <laughs> I'm Tom. And I'm Grace. Bye.